0: Wow. What a day. What a day to be alive. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. God is so good to us. One man of God heard from the Lord and the Lord's basically told him, don't ever stop celebrating what I've already done. Now expect me to do the greater and it will come. Well, to expect the greater is a necessary ingredient to experience the greater. But I believe this, that expecting greater things in 2014 starts by discovering just how great our God is. Amen. Now, as the Lord leads sometime, I want to I do an emphasis on just how big this universe is. Amen. I want to take a look at the human body and how that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that will just give us a glimpse of the greatness of God. But faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so I just want to share with you a few scriptures. We're going to get into the meat of the message here in a moment. But I just dropped by this morning for a few minutes to tell you what the Bible says about how great our God is. In Psalms 48, 1, it says, "Greatly Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Because He's great, there should be praise that is great. Amen. He is greatly to be praised. And that means something that uh, has a demonstration of our heart and our mouth connected together. Amen. Psalms 145.3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. All of these following verses, Psalms 57.10, Psalms 86.13, Psalms 103:11, Psalms 108:4, and Psalms 145:8 talk about that he is great in mercy. I for one am glad that he's a merciful God. His compassions are new every morning. I am so thankful that God has not given up on me. I'm so grateful that when I go to the throne of grace he doesn't look at me and say, "Oh, brother, What in the world do you want? You perturb me. You tick me off. No, thank God. He has put our sins as far as the east is from the west. He has blotted out our transgressions from us. And he doesn't even remember our sins anymore. So we don't have to have a sin consciousness when we approach the throne of grace. We can approach the throne of grace with a sense of belonging. Because in fact, He's a merciful God. He's a great God. He's a compassionate God. And He doesn't see you according to with eyes of flesh. But He sees you with eyes of love and eyes of mercy. Oh, that's something to shout about. The Bible says, great is the Lord and of great power. Psalm 71, Psalm 92, 5, Psalm 106, 21, say that He has done great things. Psalms 126, verse 3 says, The Lord has done great things, whereof we are glad. I'm thankful He didn't put in there, He's done great things, wherefore we are so very sad. No, thank God He has made us glad he has made us glad, I will rejoice, for he has made us glad. Woo, glory to God, He is our joy. He is the health of our countenance. Then in Jeremiah 32:17 he says, "O Lord, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth, and by thy great power have stretched, have stretched your arm out, and he says nothing." is too hard for thee. Nothing is too difficult for Him. Your babies coming into the kingdom of God is not too difficult for Him. You getting over into the land of debt freedom is not too difficult for Him. God giving you a brand new pancreas is not too difficult for Him. God causing arthritis to go out of your body is not too difficult for Him. Ah, Lord God, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and nothing is too difficult for Him. Man, that's good news. It's too difficult for us, but it's not too difficult for Him. You are not your healer. He's your healer. Amen. You are not your financier. He is your financier. Amen. You are not your righteousness. He is your righteousness. Amen. You are not your wisdom. He is your wisdom. Amen. You are not your redemption. He is your redeemer. Amen. You are not your sanctification. He is your sanctifier. Amen. You are not the baptizer and the Holy Ghost and fire. He is the baptizer Amen. with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Nothing's too difficult for Him. And He's placed within you and I the means by, by where we can reach into what looks impossible and it can become possible because all things are possible to Him that believe. I believe God. How about you? I believe that He's a great God. I believe that His Word is true. I believe that His Word is final authority and there's nothing He won't do for you. Amen. Joel 2.21 says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice! For the Lord will do great things. That's the way we need to look at 2014. For the Lord will do great things. He'll do great things in January. He'll do great things in February. He'll do great things in March. He'll do great things in April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December. He will. He will do great things. So all of these scriptures, what this says to us this morning is this. Everything about our Father is great. Everything our Father does is great. His plan is great. He just cannot help Himself. (laughs) Because He is so great. And greater is what He desires for you. Greater is what He desires. Everywhere He goes... He leaves a trail of greatness. Man, think about that. And your Father is greater than all. He's greater than all. He's greater than any demonic force. He's greater than anything. So this week, one of your homework assignments is, when you face a test, when you face a trial, out of your spirit, out of flow these words, my Father's greater than this. My Father's bigger than this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And not only that, but greater is he that's in me Amen. than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Try that one on for size. Say it, declare it strong with me. Greater is he, greater is he that is, in, is me in, in me than he, than he that is, is in, the world. in the world. So we are growing considerably in 2014. The Lord is increasing us more and more this year than ever before. Increase has a lot more to do with just finances, increase gets into the areas of increasing in strength. The Bible says, a man of knowledge shall increase in strength. It also has to do with increasing in our giving, increasing and bringing our supply into the house of God, our service into the house of the Lord. But what we talked about last week, and I didn't get quite finished with it, We want to, this year, increase more and more in the knowledge of Him. We want to become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, just like the Apostle Paul said. And just like Job said, he said, Get acquainted with Him. Thereby great good shall come to thee, and you'll have peace. There's something about getting to know Him and His nature that gives you a peace that passes understanding. And if you've not made peace with God, I've got good news for you. You can make peace with God and the God of peace, and you will have peace that will just flood your very soul. Amen. Now I want you to look at second, first 2 second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. We're going to look at some scriptures this morning. You all ready? Yeah. Thank you for those weak amens and those two holy uh. <laughs> just having fun. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, For this reason I suffer also these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Not just what, but I know whom I have believed. And as a result of knowing whom I have believed and what I believe, it brings a persuasion in my life that He is able to keep what I have committed unto Him until that day. Man, that's powerful. Jesus said, this is eternal life. That you may know God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't say this is eternal life, that you need to belong to a certain denomination. You need to have a certain moral code or a certain dress code. This is eternal life, that if you obey all these do's and don'ts, then you'll make it. No, he said this is life eternal, that you may know God. Amen. Do you want to get to know him more? I know that I do. You know, the apostle Paul had degrees. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a man of God that, or a man that without God was very educated. He was a, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But when he came to meet Jesus, the Bible says, I consider all that but refuge, refuse. I consider it all but dumb in the light of the excellency of the knowledge of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to tell you today that the greatest experience in life is fellowship with God. That's the greatest experience in life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 9, you don't need to turn there, but let me just read it to you. It says, God is faithful. You know, you could have a camp meeting just on those three words. He's faithful. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. And therefore, ever true to his promise. And he can be depended upon. By Him you were called into, and this defines koinonia, which is fellowship. By Him you were called into companionship and participation with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. When the Bible refers to fellowship, it is the Greek word koinonia, which means to share common ground, to partner with, and to participate in. I'm glad that we can partner in and participate in fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. How about you? Now, I do want us to look at this one. I want you to turn over to 1 John chapter 1. And I want us to notice verse 3 and 4 and verse 5 from the Amplified Version. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, John, the apostle, saw the Lord. He was with the Lord. And he's dealing with this fact that when he saw the Lord, he wanted that same fellowship that he had and is having for other people to participate in this. And in verse 3, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified, it says, "...what we have seen and ourselves have heard. We are also telling you that you too may realize and enjoy..." Everyone say, "...fellowship." "...as partners and partakers with us." In other words, he's inviting them to fellowship along with them. He's saying you can experience this glorious fellowship as well. Now notice with me in the next phrase. "...and this fellowship we have is a distinguishing mark of Christianity. It is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah." It marks believers. When a believer has fellowship with the Father, when a believer is in the Word, when a believer spends time communing with God, I'm telling you what, it is distinguishable. You can tell it. You can see it on their face. You can see it in their walk. they got a little glide in their stride. They got a little vim, vigor, and vitality. Why? Because they've been feasting on manna from heaven and it's fueling them for their life. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Somebody says, why do you slam the pulpit? Because I feel like it. Because I'm feeling this message. Amen. And I know it's going to get in you and I know it's going to make a difference in you because you're doers of the Word of God. Now he says, these things in verse 4 I write unto you, that your joy may be full. Yeah. Powerful. The result of fellowship is fullness of joy. Yeah. Say that with me. The result of fellowship is fullness of joy. So what does fellowship do? Fellowship brings joy to relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brent and I have been married 36 years. We don't have a house, we have a home. Amen. There's a difference between a house and a home. In a house, a husband and wife don't talk to one another. In a house, a husband and wife just kind of go through life logging time. But in a home, there's fellowship. In a home, the husband loves the wife as Christ loves the church. In a home, hallelujah, the wife reverences her husband. In a home, they submit to one another in the fear of God. So we've got a home. There's koinonia happening inside of the walls of those homes. There's a sharing. There's a common bond. There's a loving. There's richness. And you know what? There's joy in our home. Because joy is a distinguishing mark along with fellowship of believers. And if you're a husband and wife... And you're just kind of living in the same house and you don't have a home. I exhort you to get to those classes. I exhort you, even if your marriage is great, to keep it great and get to those classes. I believe with all of my heart that the joy, hallelujah, of any relationship should be strong through fellowship. I want you to notice verse 3 and 4 from the message. He said, we saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. Isn't there just something great about being around other believers that love Jesus? Being in a small group or just sharing things together. Man, it's powerful that you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus, our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. And He says, your joy means double joy for us. Amen. Your joy will bring double joy into my life. Fellowship. How many of you have ever heard of Dr. Lester Sumrall? Dr. Sumrall basically said this. He said that fellowship is two fellows in the same ship. Two fellows in the same ship heading for the same destination. You know what? We're all going to heaven. I mean, if you're born again, you're on your way to heaven. We're all in the same ship together. We might as well enjoy some fellowship. Thank you, Lord. Now, one way that you and I fellowship is we wait upon the Lord. What does it mean to wait upon the Lord? It simply means to commune with Him. It simply means to love Him, to pray, to behold Him. And here's what happens when we do wait upon the Lord. He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. How many of you know eagles are different from buzzards? What do buzzards do? Buzzards go to and fro looking for dead things. Oh, not eagles. Eagles soar high, high above this life. And eagles have a wonderful vantage point. Their eyesight is so wonderful and so awesome and so keen that they see things that people cannot see. And when you wait upon the Lord, God will cause your eyesight to become keen. The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, and you will also have insight from the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. So I'm not looking at a congregation of buzzards or ravens. I'm looking at a congregation of eagles. I'm looking at a group of people that see things other peoples can't see. Woo! Glory to God. But now, 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 notice it comes as a result of waiting upon the Lord. They'll run and they won't be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. You see, the truth of the matter is is this. Is he gives power to the faint. Have you ever felt faint before? I'll raise both hands. But thank God for the faint he'll give power. And to them that have no might, now listen, he increaseth strength. So we see all of these scriptures working together today. We see an increase of strength. We see that he's written these things unto us that our joy might be full. And we're seeing that fellowship brings us into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. So what I'm saying to you today is this, strong fellowship brings strong joy, and it equals great strength. You might want to write that down. Strong fellowship brings strong joy, and it equals great strength. Now listen, you've got the ability to smile. You've got the ability to be full of joy. Mm-hmm. Joy is an earmark of fellowship. It is. But not only is joy an earmark of fellowship, joy is an earmark of faith. Did you know that? I want you to notice this from Romans 15, verse 13. Not really in my notes, but I feel led to look at it. Let's look at it from the King James Version. Romans, the 15th chapter. Say it with me. Joy, joy. is an earmark of fellowship fellowship. and joy joy. is an earmark earmark. of faith faith. so in other words when i am in true biblical faith there ought to be accompanied along with it some joy right not depression because if we really believe god we're not going to be depressed right if we really trust god we're not going to be despondent now notice in romans 15 verse 13 are you there now, ready, read, please. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through what? Now let's just feed on that just a moment. Here's another indicator that you are in strong faith, peace. Now the God of hope, thank God He is, may He fill us this year With all joy and peace in our trust and in our believing that we may abound in hope. That word abound there means to bubble over to have such an increase in hope that it's so evident in our lives and it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, there is an amazing power in the joy of the Lord. I like what Peter said. He says, even though I can't see it, even though I can't taste it, even though I can't feel it, yet I still believe God. And not only do I believe God, but this is how I believe God. I rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. In other words, Peter is saying, I'm keeping my faith strong because I'm keeping my joy strong. And it gets so strong on me that there's times where it's just unspeakable. It gets so strong in me that there's times I just can't handle it. It gets in my feet. It gets in my hands. It gets in my mind. It gets in my toes. It gets all over me. And I've just got to express some joy. You understand? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm full of the Spirit and full of the Word. His joy it's in my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Suit yourself. That's the way I'm going to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God. Now, how many of you have a microwave at home? Okay. Now, years ago, they came out with a microwave. And one of the best things you can put in a microwave, for me, is not a TV dinner, but microwave popcorn. So your kitchen may be apart from your family room. And maybe in your family room you're watching a sporting event. Or you're watching something on television. But you get kind of them late night, you know, cravings. And so you thought about that jiffy pop you got. And so you went in there and you put the bag in just right. You know you got to put the bag in right. You've got to do this side up, otherwise you put it upside down and it ain't going to work. You know you've got to operate in faith right. You put it right side up or not, right? You've got to function properly. So, you know, in the bag might say, well, it takes three hours, not three minutes. Not three hours, thank God. It takes three minutes, maybe 45 seconds. So, you, you, you lay that in there just right and you turn it on. And then you head to the other room. And you see the 49ers score a touchdown. And it's been about a minute. But you go back and you look through the window. Because you're expecting. You're looking. With an outstretched... That's why they have those windows, you know. We're looking. But nothing's happening it seems like nothing is changing. You prayed a month ago and hadn't come yet. You prayed a year ago, hasn't manifested yet. That's where patience comes in. Patience gives you the power to wait. Patience gives your mind the power to hold steady before the first pop that's why he says my brother and count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations knowing that the trying your faith work the patience let patience have perfect work, that you may be perfect and tired, entire wanting nothing yeah. James chapter 1, 2 through 4 yeah. now we could camp out there a while but we ain't got time to camp you understand <laughs> we got some popcorn in the microwave <laughs> and so you're waiting I want to say to you today that joy gives you staying power It helps you to stay in a position of faith while God is working on a miracle. If you rejoice while you're waiting for the answers to your prayers, you will soon hear a pop. Pop. Maybe you've had the unhappy experience of putting your popcorn in, coming back, and it's been three and a half minutes, you haven't even heard a pop. And you looked at the setting, it was defrosted no you've got to reset that puppy on high to get some pops in your bag and if you've lost your joy you've got to reset your life on joy to get some pops come on somebody I'm telling you what God can pop your whole bag in a minute or less if you'll just hold fast to confession or your faith, sooner or later, you'll hear a pop, 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 pop. I dare somebody get up and try that with me, Pop, 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 pop Woo. He can pop your whole bag, baby. In less than a minute. So don't you give up. There's been days we've all felt like just throwing it in and saying, Lord, are you sure? And the Lord says, I'm sure. Are you sure? See, that's part of getting fully persuaded and staying fully persuaded. See, when God spoke to Abraham, he certainly believed it, but he had to stay fully persuaded. He had to stay in the zone of faith. He couldn't consider his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He couldn't consider those things. He staggered not at yeah. the promise of God through unbelief. That's right. But he was strong in faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as you're looking through the microwave in your life, just keep your gaze on Jesus. Amen. And he will cause what you believe you have received Amen. to come to pass. Yeah. But don't let your joy go. That's right. Say it with me. In 2014, I'm going to stay strong. In the, joy of the Lord. in the joy of the Lord. Now these last 10 or 15 minutes, and I don't want to preach a long time today, really to do it justice would take about an hour. But how many of you will believe God with me to say some things in such a way that you'll be able to take this home and hear it and do it? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Now, here are a couple of indicators that we know Him. Things that, that we can tell in our own lives, and we don't judge other people, but in the lives of other people, uh, that they know Him, or maybe that they don't know Him as well. And how many of you know there's room for growth? Yes. That's why the Bible says, As sincere babes desire the sincere mech of the Word that we might what? Grow. In 2014, we're growing considerably, yes. right? Yes. We're increasing, yes. okay? Yes. So we, we don't judge others by what they say. We need to make sure that we keep our own lives in line. But there's a few ways that you can tell how well you know God or how well other people know God. Number one is the way we talk or the way others talk. You know, what we say reveals a lot about how much we know Him. For instance, you know, if I hear the phrase, well, the man upstairs, I know immediately that that person... Does not know him very well. Amen. Yeah. Or prairie, praying with vain repetitions. You know what vain repetitions are? Receding, re, uh, saying the same phrase over and over yeah. and over again Amen. to the point of it getting almost obnoxious. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, if I went over to Brother Jimmy's house today, and I was going to watch the rest of the 49ers game. And I had something that I really needed to ask Jimmy about. And I walked up to Brother Jimmy and I said, Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. 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 Oh, 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 Jimmy. Jimmy said, What do you want? Now, he wouldn't call me a fool. But that's pretty foolish. And there's a lot of Christians, oh God. They even get a falsetto in their voice and get a little cry in their voice. (laughs) Oh Jesus. Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God. What do you want, boy? That's an indicator. And then, someone who's always talking about themselves. Did you know that there's a greater subject other than me? (laughs) Myself and I. And I've got to kind of watch that because I like to be the center of attention sometimes. And really that's not right. That's pride. And uh, so I'll tell off on myself on that. I'm growing considerably. But a person that is constantly interrupting people and, 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 and never can listen to people or a person that is just all so full of themselves and always talking about themselves, they don't know God very well because I'll tell you right now, there's nothing better than him. There's nothing better than him. And I've known people for many years and, and I've known some people that, that are, you know, quite whatever in the body of Christ and they're awesome people. But at the end of the day, you know what? I'm more impressed with God than I am any person. Because I tell you what, those people put their pants on the same way I do. Anyway. Another indicator that, um, you know, how well we know God or how well we don't know God is how do we live? How are we living? How are we walking? You know, The Bible says to walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So walking in the flesh denotes that we're keeping wrong company. When we keep the wrong company instead of keeping the company that we should keep with the Father and with other Christians, then what we do is we begin to walk the way of the world. It's easy. John addressed it. He says, He that saith he abides in him, ought him also to walk even as he walked. Mm -hmm. How are we walking? Where are we walking? We are to consider our paths in life. Are we not? So a person that is walking with God is going to be walking in love. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. A person that's walking with God is going to be walking in peace. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to, not going to have opportunity to lose your joy and to lose your peace. There will be ample opportunity. Of course, you found that out. Yeah. But a person that walks with God is constantly under the spout where the encouragement comes out. Yeah. 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 Is constantly under the spout where the strength comes out. So in the midst of turmoil and in the midst of trouble, a person that's walking with Him stays full of joy and stays full of peace, regardless of what's happening. So if we really know Him, one way that will indicate it is how are we walking, and the last way is how are we treating others. How are we treating others? Look at 1 John chapter 2, and notice with me in verse 9. Say, I'm walking right. I'm talking right. And I'm treating other people right. You know, people that say, well, the Lord did this to me to teach me a lesson. They're not talking right. They don't know Him that well. Any person that says God put sickness and disease on them to teach him a lesson, they don't know God very well. See, you don't blame God what the devil's responsible for. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no virableness in the shadow of turning. Come on, somebody. Amen. So how are we treating others? In 1 John 2, 9, it says, He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness. Verse 10, He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Well, I love God, Pastor Mark, but I just can't stand people. You better get a little closer to God. Because in getting closer to God, you'll pick up on His heartbeat. And you know what His heart beats with? His heart beats with people like you and people like me. People are precious. And you know what? We're not only to treat one another with respect and treat one another with love. We're to treat those out in the world with respect. And to treat out those out in the world with love. Amen? You know, the Bible says, By this shall all men know. That you're my disciples indeed, if you have love one to another. So it starts here, right? But then it goes to the airports. It goes to the restaurants. It goes to wherever we are, treating other ones with respect. Now part of treating a person with respect is actually listening to them. And acting like you are interested in them with a pure heart. Amen? And so those are indicators that we're walking close with God if we're allowing the love of God that is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost to be manifest in our relationships, not only in our family and in our church, but in the world. Amen. amen. Now, here's another thing I want to share with you in these last few moments. There are two reasons why you spend time with people. You know what they are? Number one, you have to. You work with them. And they're your roommate. You're sitting next to them in church. No, just kidding. You have to. But the second one is you want to. Now, which would God prefer of you? See, God doesn't want us just logging time. Amen? Well, it's, it's church time. I, I guess I should go. That's not right pastor is going to put on the website the one-year Bible. I guess I should read the Bible. See, that? what that is, is that's having a form of godliness but really denying the power thereof. That's religiosity. And any time we step into a religious list of do's and don'ts or a religious exercise that leads into ritualism, we are having a spirit of religion in our lives. And so... God wants you to spend time with Him, you know, because He's crazy about you. Yeah. I like what Keith Hershey She says, God's not mad at you. Yeah. He's mad about you. Let's try that one more time. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He's mad about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, you want to come to church because you love Him. Amen. You want to read His Word because you love Him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in closing, there are three reasons... There are three reasons why you want to spend time with people. Okay? Or there are three reasons why other people want to spend time with you. And these three reasons also fit in with God. These three reasons are so important. Number one is agreement. Is agreement. Don't you love being around people that you're in harmony with you? Man, I don't want to hang around with a bunch of people that are constantly fussing and fighting and arguing. Who needs that? The Bible says, can two walk together lest they be in what? Lest they be in agreement or lest they be in harmony. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. For example, if you have a prayer partner and you say, well, you know, I, I have this need here. I have this need for healing. Let's say there's, you're diabetic. I have a need for healing in my pancreas. And you go to your prayer partner. And you say, you know, the Bible says if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it'll be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Would you agree with me for healing from my pancreas? No, I'm not going to agree with you on that. Don't you know that God's will is to heal some but not all? Are you crazy? I'm not going to agree with you on that. Well, are you going to want to go to them the next time when you have a need? No. Are you going to want them to be your prayer partner? I don't think so. Now, when it comes into us being in agreement with God, we are to find out what He likes. Find out what delights Him. Amen? For example, you may go before the Lord and say, Lord, I I really, I want to do this. I, I really, I really like to do that. I like doing this. And the Lord says, I don't like that. When you are in agreement with Him, you make quick adjustments. You say, you know, Lord, the further I think about it, the more I understand I don't like it either. That's right. I don't like it either. In agreement with Him. In harmony with Him. Submissive to Him. That is an indicator that you're following Him and that you know Him. I've got a word for you today. God is smarter than you. <laughs> God knows better than we do. Amen. Now a second indicator is admiration. Admiration. You've all had people in your life, whether it be a coach, a teacher or a minister or someone on the job that you really admired. Anybody? Am I talking to you today? In other words, you, you see things in people that you esteem and that you respect, and what does it cause? It causes, to you, it causes you to be, want to be around them. Amen? It causes you to want to be around them. Amen? Well, when you look into this perfect law of liberty and you see his attributes and you admire him and you love him and you know how much he loves you, I mean, you're going to just want to be around him. Draw near to God, folks. What is he going to do? It's going to draw near to you. And then lastly, appreciation. The three A's, agreement, admiration, and appreciation. Say appreciation. Appreciation. We all do this. We all have a tendency to go where we're appreciated. Right? You know, if you go over to somebody's house and... And you walk in and they're having a party and it's about 15 to 20 people and they all look at you and say, oh, here's old bad news. Oh my gosh. Here's the party pooper. Are you going to want to hang around that? No, you're going to want to get out of there because you don't feel what? Appreciated. Appreciation. Is a strong indicator of our fellowship. Now, where am I going with this? Well, again, we like to go where we feel appreciated. Now, how many of you know the devil's a liar? He's under our feet. He's a defeated foe. Now, he will lie to you about how other people see you. He will lie to you about how other people see you. He may put thoughts in your minds. Oh, they see you in a particular way. Oh, man, they're, they don't like you. Okay? Now, if I take that bait, if I buy that lie, am I going to want to go around and hang around that person? No, Absolutely not. Because I'm not feeling appreciated. It's a lie of the devil. Well, the devil does the same thing with Christians when it comes to their Heavenly Father. The enemy sows lies into their lives saying that, you know, God doesn't want to spend time with you. Are you kidding? You old backslidden buzzard. Condemnation, it will kill your confidence. Condemnation is the confidence killer. And the word of God tells us that you and I have the privilege to draw near him with an open and a pure heart. My message is at the top of this year is this. God's great. It is the year of the greater. The number one base that we want to hit is we all want to know Him more. And we want to increase more in our knowledge of Him. So that we can increase and grow considerably in other areas of our life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You hear this morning, you say, Pastor Mark, that word spoke to me. And as a result of the word that I've heard today, I'm going to press this year more than I've ever pressed before. I'm going to press into the word. I'm going to press into the spirit. I'm going to press into prayer. You're here and you say, yeah, that's me. Would you raise your hand? All over this auditorium. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. What about the rest of you? You're not just going to log time, are you? No, 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 no. Hallelujah. These are important days. Let's all stand to our feet.